Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Lessons from My Ancestors. <laughs> Almost forgot the name. It's been a minute since we had an episode, but grieving is hard. Grieving, grieving is complicated. It takes a lot of energy, um, a lot of emotion, you know, just a lot of feelings, and it's heavy. And so sometimes I need a break to recoup and to take care of myself, um, but we're back. We're back. Today is January 23rd, and it is my grandmommy's birthday. It is my grandmommy's birthday, my father's mother, my grandmommy. And um, fun fact about my grandmommy is that we thought that she was born on the 23rd all this time. And then a couple of years ago, apparently, they found out she was born on the 22nd. So my whole life has been a lie. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but my family celebrates on the 22nd and the 23rd. Um, she is an Aquarius just like me. Her birthday is the 23rd or the 22nd. Mine is the 26th. Um, but I'm going to be recording this episode on the day that I knew of her birth, January 23rd. Um, so I miss you, Grandmommy. I love you. Um, this series has been so helpful to me to be able to reflect on the love, the memories, the time that I got to spend Earthside with ancestors that I miss, ancestors that have had an like that have made a mark on my life that I will the love that they gave me, the treasures, all the things that they gave me that I will carry throughout the rest of my life. You know, even though they're they're not here with me physically, they are with me. They are with me at all times. Their love, their care, the lessons they they taught me, whether with word or with action, um, the love that we shared with each other, the memories, I'll always carry that with me. So yes, like technically, uh, their legacy carries on through me in a physical way, right? Like I look like them. I carry their uh, the trace of their DNA in you know in my body, but also like our experiences together. More than that, more than that. Um, Getting ahead of myself a little bit, my grandmommy was married to my granddaddy, and that is my father's stepfather, but I never knew him to be anything but my granddaddy. He's not my step-granddaddy. You know what I mean? Um, so even though we are not blood-related, that's my granddaddy, period, <laughs> okay? Um, and it's just so beautiful because I feel like there are so many family, especially like Black family, right? Like we know that family is not just blood. Family is friends of the family. Like we call auntie so-and-so or cousin so-and-so, and we have like no blood relation, right? But blood couldn't make us any closer. You know what I mean? There's something beautiful about the choice to love, the choice to stay, um, even when there is no, I guess, like obligation. You still feel obligated. You still choose to stay around. And so um, my grandmommy and my granddaddy, they showed me what love is, what love can be, um, their love for each other, just how they radiated love for one another and how that radiated out to the rest of the family. Um, but today I want to honor my grandmommy. So without further ado, let's talk about grandmommy. I honestly don't even know how to start this conversation. It still is not real to me that my grandmommy is no longer here. Um, I think there are moments like these on her birthday when I can't call and wish her a happy birthday that I'm reminded um, that she's no longer Earthside, right? Um, and how do you <laughs> how do you honor such an amazing woman? How do you how do you let go of the relationship in the way that you understand it, right? How do we um, how do we grapple with the fact that the people that we've known all our lives that we love so much and who have played such a vital role in us becoming us are no longer here with us? Again, if I cry, um, it's okay. If you cry, it's okay too. Um, I hope that it's cathartic for you. I hope that you're able to, even through the series, to think about the ancestors that have passed on before you or your elders. Um, get the stories, right? Share the love. Give people their flowers while they're still here. May it encourage you 
while you're still in the land of the living, to leave a legacy, to leave love with other people. The first lesson my grandmommy taught me um, is in a sour situation, find the sweetness and share it with others. Before my grandmommy passed, I had the pleasure, and I'm so glad that I did this, I had the pleasure of interviewing her. Just like asking her about her life and like her upbringing and being an adult and being a mom to five kids. I mean, at some point being a single mother and then finding love again. Um, her story is just so rich. And um, one of my favorite stories from her is a story of when she was, you know, raising her kids and they were hungry. It was dinner time, but she had no food. She didn't know what they were going to eat. Right. Um, and this also speaks to the faith that my grandmommy had. But either way, she didn't know what they were going to eat. And in this sour situation of, of food insecurity, she made her family cake. She made the kids cake, right? And of course, who is going to turn down cake? What kid is going to turn down sugar? <laughs> and so for dinner um, that night, they had cake. They had cake. And um, they were none the wiser that they were struggling. And um, even though she didn't have money, she had cake. And she shared that goodness and that sweetness, that sugar and sweetness is a love language, for those kids. And one thing about my grandmommy, she also made cake. She made pound cake. And um, it's a family tradition. It's a family recipe. Every Christmas, every get together, she would make pound cake. And that is her way of sharing her love for her family. Like she has a big family and she would send all of us cake, <laughs> all of us cake in the mail. Um, and so like our family would divvy up the cake into slices, into pieces, and we would ration it out because the cake was so good and we wanted to savor it. We didn't want it to go bad. Um, and so, yeah, so every year my grandmommy on multiple occasions would make us cake. And, it, and I really realized that sugar and sweetness is a love language for her. Like it was, it was such a labor of love. Like you would walk in her house and you would smell the cake while it's cooking. We would have cake at dinner at her house and then we would go home with cake. Um, and so cake, like being a theme, in my grandmommy's life, like being a theme, like that pound cake, like all the love, all the goodness. I will miss those cake, those cakes. I will miss those days. And hearing her story about how she took care of her children, even in the toughest times with sugar and with love, even in the toughest times, she didn't deny herself, nor did she deny her kids the ability to experience a joyful experience with dignity, right? with dignity. She didn't want them to know what was going on. So the first lesson is in any situation, in sour, in celebration, in sorrow, um, in insecurity, to find the sweetness and to share it with others. Whether that be, you know, the store box cake that she bought and made for her family that night when they didn't have food, or whether it's to your grandchildren and your sisters and your nephews and your nieces um, to share love with them, you know? So that's the first lesson um, from grandmommy that I want to share is to savor that sweetness, to find it even in the roughest of, of spots and to share it with others, to share it with others. The second thing that I wrote down was to keep your heart open to love, no matter the heartbreak. So like I said, my granddaddy is my granddaddy. Okay. <laughs> um, we don't do step. We don't do half. We don't do none of that. That is my granddaddy. Right. And um, my granddaddy is actually from the Bahamas. He's Bahamian. And, uh, you know, when I, I remember being a kid and just like marveling at their love for one another, um, at their dedication to each other, even towards the end of my granddaddy's life, um, he developed dementia. And um, even though he wasn't able to, I guess, like perform in the way that he used to, as in like perform his love or show his love, because he likes to take care of my grandmommy. 
Um, even when he was ill, he would still always check in and ask her, like, how are you doing, dear? Are you all right? What are you doing, dear? You know, like always checking in, always having eyes on my grandmommy. And um, my grandmommy actually found my granddaddy after her first marriage to an abusive husband. And when she told me the stories of her crawling on her hands and knees, oof, like trying to take care of her babies and her children and how women in the neighborhood would help take care of each other and they would keep each other secrets and like help each other mourn and things like that. And because they were going through similar situations with their husbands. But my grandmommy, she said enough is enough. Okay. She did not stay. (laughs) She did not stay. She got up and left with her five kids to forge a new life for herself. And when she found that life for herself, when she chose herself, she found the love of her life. (laughs) She found the love of her life. I think they met at the same place that she worked, but either way, her heart being open, even after such cruelty and harm and abuse to love, right? Not only were we able to bear witness to the love that they showed each other, but they were also able to set an example. Like granddaddy didn't play, okay? (laughs) Granddaddy was a Morehouse man. He was, you know, he was very stern when he needed to be and so loving. And even in his stern, uh, his stern, I guess, like demeanor, there was still so much love there. And after all of that my grandmommy went through, all that she had suffered, all that she endured, she found love again. And granddaddy was her greatest love. I I, um, I probably put the song at the end of this, but I did a cover song of um, Baby, I Need Your Lovin'. Got to have all your lovin', right? And um, I was able, this was during the time that I was able to interview my grandmommy, but I recorded that song in honor of them and their love. Like, their love was so stunning. It just, it's so stunning. You just sit and marvel and... You just knew, you just knew that that man loved my grandmommy and grandmommy loved that man. So she taught me to keep your heart open to love, no matter the heartbreak, and that you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle for a love that is painful, for a love that is hard, for a love that is um, harmful, that you deserve. You deserve a good, safe, restorative, healing, generous, kind Love, you deserve that. And no matter how somebody else treated you, keep your heart open to the possibility of love. So that's the second lesson I learned from my grandmommy. The third, return to Savannah and marvel at the Spanish moss. Be present. So my grandmommy, my grandmommy and her family are from Savannah. That's where she's from. She's from Savannah. And um, my father's from Savannah officially before they moved to Florida, to South Florida. Um, But she would always talk about Spanish moss. Like that was, she was like, I miss the Spanish moss, you know, and in South Florida, there there wasn't really a lot of Spanish moss that I saw. By the time we got to like Eatonville or, you know, maybe more Northern Florida, there was more Spanish moss. But in Savannah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And every time I see Spanish moss or hear it or think of it, I think of my grandmommy. She longed for that Spanish moss. And unfortunately, um, grandmommy passed away, um, I think before she was able to go back and see the Spanish moss. Um, I will double check on that. But it set something in me to go back to Savannah, to go back to the roots. And at some point I wanna, you know, go there and explore and really, you know, dig my, dig my, you know, hands deep into the dirt and, and like get to know like my roots, where I'm from. Um, but she would always talk about the Spanish moss. And last year, her sister passed away. 
um, and we were able to go to Savannah for the funeral. And I just remember the sunlight glistening through the Spanish moss like magic. It just looked like magic. And all I could think about was like, Grandmommy. And I wish that she was here. <laughs> um, and it's so unfortunate that like it sometimes take death to it takes death sometimes to bring you to places that you don't remember, but you know. You know what I mean? You may not remember vividly uh certain locations or places, but you know that it's home. And um now whenever I see Spanish moss, I think of my grandmommy and I think of home. And I think of her stories and like whenever she would speak of them, she would light up. And the lesson in that for me is to remain present, to marvel, to marvel at the things that we sometimes take for granted. You know, when was the last time you looked at a tree and marveled at it? When was the last time you looked at your surroundings and marveled at it? When was the last time you were present? You know, she could recall she she could recall it with such vivid memory. And she had this book in her home um, and on the front cover of the book was the Spanish moss that she remembered. And I think it was like a mystery. It was like a mystery or something, like a whodunit. And she was like, I needed to get this book because I was so drawn to the cover and the cover had Spanish moss on it. And she says, it reminded me of home. Um, so yeah, so be present, marvel at nature. And even in nature, we are connected to our ancestors. So that's the second lesson, a third lesson, excuse me. The fourth is to stay connected to your sisters and sisterhood. So my grandmommy had three sisters and a brother, if I'm not mistaken, and um, or a couple of brothers, actually, sorry. But I've only met one. <laughs> um, but her devotion to her sisters, like there are pictures of them everywhere. They would be talking all the time. When grandmommy passed away, um, I found photos of her and her sisters in the kitchen cooking and smiling and laughing as they do, just like talking and laughing in the kitchen. Um, but she, no matter how long it had been between the time that she saw her sisters last and the present, she was always talking about them and she was always talking to them. She was always in connection with them. And at the end of the day, with all the things that she went through, her sisters were her people. You feel me? <laughs> like her sisters were her people. And I felt like I got to meet them. Even if, I, even if I didn't get to physically meet them, I feel like I met them through the stories that she told, through the legacy that even she carried with her moving to South Florida, you know? So being connected to sisterhood and sisters, like that is such a strong lesson from her. Like your sisters are everything. At the end of the day, your sisters got your back. You know what I mean? Like I can't relate. Like I've been hurt by Black women. I've been harmed by black women. I also don't have any biological sisters. Like I'm not, I don't have any sisters. And so all of my sisters are my friends or my cousins um, or, you know, just like my soulmates, you know what I mean? And uh, they're my sisters. And at the end of the day, like, even though I have been hurt by other black women who I consider to be my sisters, my sisters always got me like the real ones, the real sisters, right? The ones that are committed, the ones are like, through breakups, through heartache, through death, through pain and childbirth and loss. Like these are the women who are in my corner for everything, everything, everything. And at the drop of a dime, if I needed them, they're there, no matter the distance, no matter the length. And I'm so grateful. Like, I just want to take a moment, like just to thank all the women in my life, whether they be related to me by blood or not, like my sisters are everything. In the presence of Black women, I heal. In the presence of Black women, I am whole. I am seen. I am validated. I can fall apart. I can be myself. You know what I mean? And I think for her, like, 
seeing that example of her sisterhood with her sisters really encouraged and inspired me. So thank you, Grandma Me. The next one, own no shame, none. (laughs) Own no shame, none, because that shame is not yours. So towards the end of her life, my grandmommy got real spicy. She cared far less (laughs) about what people thought about her, about what was correct or politically correct. She was just herself. And I I always feel like she was herself, but I feel like she was even more so herself later on in life because she's just older. Like all this filtering for what? For who? We're not playing these games. I am who I am. And when I sat down and asked my grandmommy these questions about her life, things that would that would make one blush, right? Like she's talked about her sex life. <laughs> she talked about her sex life <laughs> with her granddaughter, with me. And I thought that moment was so precious because she was so fearless. Like, what am I? First of all, who am I? Right? Obviously, she's the senior here. She's the elder, like in this situation. So it's like, I'm not going to scold her or like, ah, 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 can't be honest about that. But I love that she was so honest and shameless. She was so shameless. She was like, I like having sex. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, she was not ashamed of any part of her story, even all the ugly parts, all the parts about abuse and like, running away. And she said something to me um, about, you know, even having kids back then. She was like, you know, I didn't know anything about birth control. You know, I just kept having babies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and we forget, right? Like times were different back then. Like access to things were different back then. Um, what is standard now was not standard back then. And so hearing her talk about those things, those things that were a struggle for her and those things that she, like learning about herself as a woman, there was just no shame. And Even like her daughters would be like, you know, mommy, don't say that or that's not nice or whatever. And she did not care. She could not be silenced. (laughs) She could not be silenced. And that is goals. That is goals. Because what are we ashamed of? Who are we afraid of? What are they? Am I I, I afraid that they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to hang out with you no more? Okay. I'm free though, right? Like I might not be liked, but I'm free. And I think my grandmommy was just free. She was just so free. She said what she wanted. She did what she wanted. She ate what she wanted. She watched what she wanted. Like, and nobody could stop her. Nobody could stop her. So own no shame. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There really is no shame. That shame that we're convinced to feel. Like, and I understand shame when you hurt somebody, when you do something, you know, upsetting, right? The shame is there to evoke empathy, right? And to change. Like, oh, I made somebody feel bad. Let me apologize or make amends. But I'm talking about the shame that is not ours, that is put on ours for being Black women, for having Black bodies, and for making mistakes or for not knowing what we're doing. My grandmommy had no shame for starting over, for putting down, like, she never talked about, like, the shame that she felt as a, as a divorced woman. She never felt, it never felt like she felt like she was a failure. And I love that about her. She was able to do things and make mistakes without fear of judgment from other people. And I just love that freedom. And I loved being around that freedom. She just felt like she was so present with herself. And that is rare. And I'm so appreciative of her for that. I don't know what number we're on, but the next lesson grandmommy taught me was, I love you. Never hold back, savor and share it, that I love you. Um, oh, even as I think about, it's just so tender. Um, I think about hearing her say, I love you. Who? My grandmom, my grandmommy never um, wasted an opportunity to say, I love you. Even if she's sitting right in front of you and you're not leaving, I love you. Um, my grandmommy was in a, in a house full of people. She was the one person that I knew saw me. There could be a house full of people and 
through the like through all the noise and all the bodies her her eyes cut to you like cut through everything and that glance is like I love you I'm so happy you're here tell me what's going on in your life um and it wasn't fake you know what I mean like it wasn't fake or it didn't feel like an obligation it felt like I really do love you and I'm really like taken with you and um and I miss being seen like that I miss being seen like that. There was, um, sorry. Ooh. At grandmommy's house, like everybody's so cool. And so like lively and talkative and like the, everybody's catching up. And often sometimes I feel like the black sheep of the family and, um, not because of love or anything like that, just because of like difference. You know what I'm saying? I also live the furthest away from, from grandmommy than everybody else did. I live, I live in Maryland. She lived in Florida. So everybody else was in Florida, South Florida or Georgia. And so they were able to, you know, visit her more often. And so when I would come and visit, um, sometimes other people would be there. Sometimes they wouldn't. Um, some, one of my best memories is us sitting on the couch and watching, um, what is it? Like there's a show on Animal Planet or something where the dogs have to go to the vet for like injuries and stuff. And uh, so we would sit on the couch together and she would just like ask me about life. And we would, or we would sit there in silence and just like loving the presence of one another. And um, there's nothing like when you feel like the black sheep, when you feel like you're being lost in a sea of people, the one person seeing you, you know what I mean? And really seeing you, not just, I see you with my eyes, but I see you with my soul. And my grandmommy saw me. And when she saw me, I knew that was love. If we're on the phone, I love you. I love you so much, you know. And she never, she never held back, I love you. And um, I would offer that to you. If there are people that you love, that you need to tell that I love you, like, I say it all the time. And I hope that it doesn't take away the, you know, it being potent, right? But I mean it. There are people that I remind, I love you so much. I love you. I love you. Like, I need you to know that I love you. Like, it's not, it's not convenience for me. It's not like, oh, you're cool or you make me laugh. It's like, no, I love the soul of you, right? And grandmommy's lesson to me is to never waste an opportunity to tell someone you love them. It's never to waste an opportunity to see people and to be present with them, like fully present and engaged with their soul. Seeing someone is impactful. Seeing someone will leave a mark that they will never forget. And the question is, are you being seen and are you seeing, you know? So never hold back and I love you. Never, never hold back and I love you. There, There's fear, right? When I say that I love people because I'm afraid of them running away. I'm afraid of them thinking that I'm too much or that I'm love bombing them or whatever. But it's like, I'm so sincere. <laughs> I'm so sincere. I mean it. Like, no, I love you. Like there are people that I meet and I fall in love with. There are people that I'm taken with, right? Um, and even though that we're not like in relationship or we're not like related, it doesn't matter. Like I could meet you and like be in, I, I could love you. You know what I'm saying? Like I love the soul of you. And grandmommy was not afraid to express that. And I love that. And she gave me room to be able to express myself in the way that I do express myself with no shame and no fear and no fear. So yeah, so that's the, that's the next lesson grandmommy taught me. The next lesson grandmommy taught me was to choose yourself in safety Never let fear make you stay. So I'm sending love to all of my domestic violence victims, um, victors, okay? All of the people who who may be dealing with abusive situations. I'm sending you so much love right now. 
I'm sending you so much love. And even if you can't leave right now, I'm sending you so much love. Um, I've never been one to be like, well, why won't they just leave? It's never that simple, right? Um, but my grandmommy took a chance. She took a chance. She didn't know what was going to happen. She literally didn't know what they were going to eat. You feel me? And I understand why people may not necessarily be able to make that decision. So I'm not poo-pooing you. I'm not judging you. I, I see you and I understand. But my grandmommy left. After enough abuse, my grandmommy said, no, <laughs> no mas, no mas. And with five babies, oh, there's a red cardinal outside of my window. But with five babies in tow, she left. She left. She betted on her well-being and herself. She said to herself, like, there got to be more than this. You know what I'm saying? There, there has to be more than this. Um, she said to herself, like, I've had enough of being harmed by a person who doesn't love me, who says that they may say that he loves me with his words, but his actions show otherwise. He's putting me in danger, my kids in danger, and I no longer want to live like this. I no longer want to live like this. And I'm sorry, I should have put a, um, a warning in the beginning. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, yeah, it's a lot. Um, but my grandmommy took her kids and fled for her life and for the life of her kids and ended up in Florida, right? And this actually takes me to my next point. Um, she, she trusted God for everything. <laughs> She trusted God for everything. And when she sought safety and care, she was taken care of. My grandmommy tells me the story that she was working for these white people. Um, I think she was working in their house, if I'm not mistaken. And because she was there and she was working with them, they were they actually treated her very nice. They treated her nicely. And they cared for her. They gave her food to take home, right? She didn't know where she was going to eat. Remember I told y'all the story about the cake? They gave her food. They gave her food to take home to her kids. Like she wanted for nothing. You know what I mean? And it's just amazing to marvel at God's goodness. Who I'm so taken. I'm so like, I'm in awe. God took care of my grandmommy. God didn't, ooh, God honored her leaving and choosing herself because God didn't want her in that abusive situation in the first place. We like to, we like to victim blame and tell people that God says you should stay and work it out. No, you don't. You don't have to stay and work it out. You can leave. You're doing no, you're doing no harm to anybody by leaving. If anything, you are saving your own life and the life of your loved ones, right? And that person will figure it out. <laughs> like they will be fine. Um, but my grandmommy was willing to step out on faith. She left with faith and God took care of her. And that story is so inspiring to me because there's so much that I fear and maybe it's not harm, um, but it's a fear of like not being taken care of, a fear of like, what's next? What's going to happen? I don't know, but it's not this, right? There are so many situations where I'd be like, this is not it, <laughs> right? Like this, I don't know what it is, but it's not this, right? And my grandmommy was able to be like, it's not this. And I'm willing to get up and figure out what is, what is this? And by her stepping out on faith, she was taken care of by the people that she worked for. She was able to take care of her kids. She was able to fall in love again and not saying that that's the goal, right? The goal is not necessarily to fall in love, but these are, these are beautiful things that happen in her life by her stepping out on faith and trusting God for everything. And God provided for her. God provided for her. God took care of her and her kids because she chose safety. She chose to love herself, you know, like God honored her. And I'm so appreciative to God for that. I thank God for protecting my grandmommy. I thank God for taking care of her kids, you know, like five kids. And like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but we're going to figure it out. And she figured it out. 
So those two lessons are to choose yourself over everything. Bet on yourself. Believe that you are worthy of good things. Like trust that you are a good thing deserving of good things. You know what I mean? And step out on that faith. Step out on that faith that you are a good thing. And the second is that God takes care of everything. God provided everything for her in ways that she could not even orchestrate or imagine. You know? And the last lesson that I have for for right now, um, and I might add some more actually, or might do a part two at some point, but you deserve to be loved well. That's the lesson that she left me. My, My grandmommy was loved so well by her coworkers, her kids, her husband, her grandkids. She was surrounded by love and um, she was such a lovable person. And um, she showed me that you are deserving of being loved well. And from that overflow of the love that she received, she spread it to everybody, to everyone, to everyone. Another thing I want to say that I didn't write down is to live life. My grandmommy lived, okay? She loved cruises, okay? She liked going to the casino. Let Don't let nobody, you know, she liked the casino. She liked to have fun. <laughs> My grandmommy lived. She lived. And so the tears that I cry are tears that mean that I miss her, right? It's not, it's not, I'm not, I don't weep for her. Like, oh, she was taken too soon. Or I mean, she will always be taken too soon. It, like she could have been 135 and it would have been too soon for me, you know? <laughs> but I don't cry because she lived a life unlived. I cry because I miss her. But she was full of life. She was full of life up until when she passed away. The last conversation I had with her was hard because... um. She wasn't able to speak the way that I remember her speaking towards the end of her life. Um, she had dementia and um, dementia is cruel and it's unfair and it makes me angry. But even when I spoke to her and I said, hi, grandmommy, it's Alicia. And she just lit up, Alicia. I could hear her trying to say my name, Alicia. And she would, she was making... Um, these noises of joy, like these sounds of joy, of just like hearing my voice. And I will remember that forever. Um, ooh, I will remember that forever. Uh, it was such a, it was a hard conversation because I was afraid to have a conversation with her because I wanted to remember her as I remembered her, you know? I wanted to remember her as vibrant and lively and happy. And it just didn't make sense to me that she was just not herself. You know what I mean? But even towards the end of her life, she was still herself. Um, At her funeral, she didn't look anything like herself. Uh, And that's okay. You know, death is an interesting thing. It's like, no matter how pretty they, you know, they make up the person, it's still, it's still not the person. You know what I mean? And uh, my uncle, her brother, her little brother, was like, you know, I don't want to remember her like this. That's not the one I remember. I remember her like this. And he pointed to her portrait. And I was like, me too. Me too. Um, Seeing her there was closure, right? I mean, it still ripped my heart into pieces. But what I will always remember is my lively, vibrant, loving, laughing, <laughs> shameless, <laughs> beautiful grandmommy. And um, it's her birthday. And so... If you all want to wish Grandmommy a happy birthday with me, I would so appreciate that. Whenever you hear this, uh, just think of Grandmommy for me. Think of your ancestors. Think of 
those that you've lost along this way, this journey of life. Think of the lessons they left for you. Think of the legacy that you're carrying on or that other family members are carrying on. If you have elders in your life or even just cousins, people your own age, you never know. You know what I mean? You never know when someone is going to become an ancestor and age has nothing to do with it. While they're here, don't withhold that I love you. Don't let and I love you. When you think of that person and you want to tell them that you love them and you're afraid, tell them you love them. Because the, the response, their response is not the point anyway, right? <laughs> the, the, like if you tell someone you love them because you want them to have a certain response, that is manipulation, right? Of course you want them to love you back. But if, if it is true, then just let them know in whatever way you want to let them know. I'm thinking about you. Hey, you know, you crossed my mind. Just want to let you know that I love you. Hey, you know, or sending someone a meme. Like that is love too, right? Like, but in whatever way that you want to express love and care, do it. Time is not promised. We walk around so arrogantly thinking we got all the time in the world and we don't know. And I'm not trying to be more morbid or fear or, you know, put fear into you, but it's true. Every breath is a blessing. Every breath is a blessing. And so I have been blessed to be able to walk this earth even for 30 something odd years with grandmommy. And um, it it hurts a lot because it's so fresh. It's still fresh. Um, and I don't, it's almost like it felt like when grandmommy passed away, she took the, she took the sun out of Florida. You know what I mean? Like she was the reason why I went. We would go for like, you know, theme parks and things like that. But I would go to Florida for a grandmommy. And without her there, it just, it's just not the same. Um, and that longing will always be there for her. You know, when I, when I see the Spanish moss, when I hear a song, she loved my music. Um, there was a song that she loved me singing in L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole. And I've been wanting to cover that song for a long time, but it's just been so hard because she's not gonna be able to hear it. And I miss her, but she loved when I sang L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole and the Nat King Cole version. And uh, for her birthday, what I what I am most happy about is the last birthday that we were all down there. Uh, she asked me to sing that song, and I did, even though I was scared and nervous. But I did, and I was able to give that last serenade to her um, and to honor her. And I don't know what else to say, but I miss you, Grandmommy. Happy birthday. It's not the same without you here. <laughs> You know, again, our birthdays are three or four days apart, <laughs> depending on <laughs> what uh, tr- what the truth is. And uh, it'll never be the same. So I love you. I miss you. Grandmommy, you'll forever be in my heart. <laughs>